One time, uh, I took a bathroom break in the middle of, of recording a podcast, <laughs> and the person that I had on the show was also recording, and they didn't pause their recording like I did. And so they're like, yeah, when we release this, we're totally leaving in your piss break. So now I mute my mic every time we do that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Hey, you want to hear a joke? Oh, yeah, go ahead. How, how many Scott kids does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> how many? One to drop it and nine others to say, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> Hey guys, Punk Rock Cops. I'm your host, Rude Girl Robin. And I have a special guest today with us, uh, 10-8 from the infamous 10-8 podcast. (laughs) 10-8, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yes. So I I realized that we haven't touched Sky yet and no one else wanted to touch it. And me being a Sky kid at heart, I was like, I need to get on this. And you being the Rude Girl... I was like, all right, maybe maybe we can we can get this going. I should have grabbed my pork pie, and you should have grabbed more like a checkered skirt, and we would have been all set today, right? And um, you know, the main question here is, are you ready to pick it up? <laughs> oh, absolutely! I am all set. I am all in on Scott. I'm always all in on Scott. Like, so this this whole punk rock cop thing started with me talking to BC and Dave about Scott and both of them well BC's in on Scott Dave is not and that's when I was like okay so I need to find mm-hmm. the niche of the niche so I am all set yes um and I've I've been in a ska since I was like 15 you know I'm mostly and you guys have probably heard from my from the earlier episodes that we've recorded that I am definitely a hardcore girl but I am also a rude girl at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to many, many ska shows. One of the best shows I've ever been to was a ska show. So uh, yeah, let's, let's talk ska. Yeah, I, so we were talking about it before we got into this episode, like ska was the gateway for me. I, um, I also found it probably around 14 or 15, which I feel like that's when everyone gets into ska is like around that time. I think if you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to find it earlier in life. But you're definitely, if you come in super late, you're probably not going to be about it. You're probably too cool for it then. Um, but then from there, once I got into ska, then I started exploring pop punk. Then I went into hardcore. And then the rest of it is all history. And not only that, but, and we'll talk about it in just a second, but as you go deeper into the ska rabbit hole, then you find all the punk bands too, because there was a long time when they kind of integrated each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so. Definitely, for everybody that is listening, knowing what ska is, you you know these stories. And everyone who's never listened to ska or has been anti-ska, hopefully we can change your mind. And and this will be a a great new quest for you. Absolutely. Um, It's it's such a fun music. It's danceable. Um, You know, third wave ska, there's different waves of ska, which Mm -hmm. we'll kind of delve into once we really get started. But... You know, like, for instance, third wave ska is basically pop punk with horns, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Very energetic, uh, very fun. Um, You have at least, like, three horns, usually. But, I mean, and there's so many 
there's little sub genres of of ska as well. Mm-hmm. Like you have the ska punk. Like Operation Ivy is the kind of the godfathers of ska punk, mm-hmm. mixing those two styles together. And then you have like uh, bands like the Suicide Machines, which again had that like kind of hard punk element and then you know with some horns in their songs and stuff like that so. yeah yeah it's 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 fun and like i said there like you said there's so many different options and variations of it so um so what i, what I did was when we decided that we were going to do this episode i went through and i was like let's let's do like a little like brief history of sky and we'll kind of break it down by waves and then we can kind of talk about each wave and so that way people that aren't familiar can learn about it and people that are familiar maybe they can learn a little bit more about it and then we'll kind of go from there so ska started in actually the late 1950s in jamaica i didn't realize it was that old and Mm -hmm. it it was before reggae and rock steady now when i was getting into ska this was like a weird thing that like only high school kids do but i was like oh man my type of music is so much cooler because it's before reggae (laughs) take that all you stoners like i'm (laughs) stupid but um so it was before reggae and the term ska is the whole thing is what they used to call when it's that uptick on the guitar. They used to call that a scat. Mm-hmm. And so that's, or a skank, one of them. So that iconic uh, offbeat upstroke on a guitar, that's called the ska, or that's where the term ska came from. Um, so like Robin was saying, ska is broken up into three periods, the first, second, and third wave. And some modern ska bands will say, oh, we're the fourth wave. You're not the fourth wave. You're still you're still knee-deep in the third wave. Um, mm-hmm. But the first wave was a Jamaican thing. Uh, second wave was in England mostly. And then the third wave was very American based. So the first wave, like I said, was Jamaica. It was started from World War II. So with all the stuff going on in the world, music was also brought to Jamaica to include um, American rhythm and blues and jazz from mm-hmm. the southern United States. That integrated with traditional Jamaican music. And they kind of increased the tempo of the jazz and they added more guitar or I'm sorry, they took away the emphasis of guitar music and then they made that the backbeat. And then they started taking the horns and the mm-hmm. um, kind of soul of the rhythm and blues and the uh, the jazz. And that's where we got ska music. So some popular mm-hmm. bands from the first wave is the Scatolites, Prince Buster, Desmond Decker, Toots and the Maytals, and actually mm-hmm. Bob Marley and the Wailers um, were originally right. a ska band also. Yeah, um, the, just a bunch of, um, a lot of their songs kind of covered, they're very working class, right? And they didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of money back then. So a lot of their songs would be about, you know, working hard that day and then coming home to their little room where they would, you know, hopefully have their girl or whatever Mm -hmm. um (laughs) to keep them warm and stuff like that so um it's just full of soul and um it's not everyone's cup of tea so when they hear first wave they're like "Eh, it's a little too reggae it's a little too this it's too old-timey or whatever but i mean that's where the roots lie (laughs) <laughs> right. And and it, it definitely shows its age. Like if you when we get to second mm-hmm. wave, second wave, you could listen to a special song and think it just came out. Mm-hmm. But a an older song like a Desmond Decker song is very right. It, it shows its age. And 
like for example, like Toots and the Maytals, a lot of their songs, I listen to their versions, and I'm like, oh shit, like thank God, so many <laughs> bands have covered it because if that was what I first heard, I probably wouldn't have been into it. But there are some songs from the first wave, like Jimmy Cliff was a was a big, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Cliff, and mm-hmm. th- that's good. If I don't know if you, have you ever seen the movie uh, Harder They Come? Uh, no. So that's the so. that's a Jimmy Cliff movie. Basically, I call it Jamaican Scarface. So basically, Ooh. Jimmy cool. Cliff is a uh, a weed dealer and a weed grower, I think, and he fights the government on on all that. And he did the soundtrack, and there's his song, "The Harder They Come," is uh, is very good. The, just the whole soundtrack's a lot of fun. I was in film school when I first saw that movie, and like I'm like, oh man, I'm learning about ska. This is amazing. And uh, so <laughs> yeah, check that one out. Um, even even you know, yeah, definitely vintage Bob Marley. And the whalers, mm-hmm. um, so it's a lot of fun. Definitely not someone's cup, of, not everybody's cup of tea. Again, it's the roots, right? So it's um, important. So everyone should check it out at the very, very minimum. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite first wave ska songs is "Pressure Drop" by Toots and the Maytales. Yes, uh, just wonderful and. It's it's really fun, um, and of course, it's about like keeping a positive mind frame, even when you're getting your ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Um, don't you know, like bad things happen, but it's going to be okay. Um, and that always resonated with me as a teenager hearing hearing songs like that. Um, and the Specials actually did a cover of that song, and. It was on the, um, so there's a movie from the late 90s called Gross Point Blank. It has John Cusack in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a rom-com. And on of that course, soundtrack, they, yes, <laughs> <laughs> on that soundtrack, uh, the specials, or in the movie, the specials, they play the the specials cover of Pressure Drop. And when I heard that, I loved it immediately because it's, it's more like you're saying the specials, you know, it sounds like it could be recorded today. And that's mm-hmm. what that song sounds like to me. It kind of has a little tiny bit of an 80s sound um, to it. But I, I love mm-hmm. that version so much. I love the song to begin with. But that version just like really when I was like 16, I think I heard it. And it just changed my life. I'm like, that is amazing. And you can't really find it. And I don't know if it was like a copyright issue or something mm. that, you know, the specials, they they weren't allowed to like, you know, market it or anything like that. Yeah. So I haven't I haven't been able to find it on like Spotify or anything like that. But Probably it's on a YouTube. great version. If There's you so many ever... things on YouTube. Yeah, maybe. I have to yeah, look. So I'm just going through some like toot songs and like Monkey Man. That's such a fun song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little Bitch. Uh, wait, oh, no. yeah. little, little bitch is not there. Or, so that, that's a lie. Oh no, um, no, that's uh, is that that's a special song, isn't it? Yes. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, so the point being, like, Toots has a lot of songs. Desmond Decker has uh, one of my mm-hmm. favorite songs by him is "Keep a Cool Head," which oh, yeah. uh, Real Big Fish cover. That's how I found that song. And then mm-hmm. again, like these newer bands co- covering the older stuff, and then you go back and listen right. to it. And again, "Keep a Cool Head" is literally what the song talks about. Just you know not being angry, which is all about ska. And I think that's one of the greatest things that drew me to ska was the positivity, even in the negative lyrics, like real big fish was my favorite band growing up. 
mm-hmm. and when first getting into ska, and their their mm-hmm. lyrics are basically emo songs, basically, um, but they're so <laughs> happy sounding that I'm like, I don't even right. care that I'm depressed. This is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, and and that's the trend I think you're going to see through the next couple waves is that they take serious topics, and if you think about and when we talk about second wave in just a second like all the tensions the racial tensions that come along and just whatever's going on in the world they put a happy spin on it which i think is really good mm-hmm. absolutely i mean that pma right like mm-hmm. goes from hardcore to ska it's it's all about that positive mental attitude which you know is great because there's in punk rock there's a lot of negativity um, right. In lyrics, in the attitude, and the things the the things that I love about ska and what I love about hardcore is that, especially like a youth crew hardcore, but um, it's all about being positive and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. taking the bad and making it good into like a good learning experience or or whatever. So ska definitely did that for me as well. Yeah, I I agree completely. And, you know, I was actually last night before I went to bed, I'm I'm on such a weird schedule with I'm working nights and then I have to be a human on my days off. So like I try to stay up a a little late. So late at night, everyone's asleep and I'm watching videos on YouTube, which I guess every, every dude seems to do these days, but I'm watching Henry (laughs) Rollins talking to Pharrell Williams, which was so cool. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that interview existed, but he was saying like one of the issues he had with punks nowadays and even as he was coming up was like the negativity and mm-hmm. how like oh you know uh black flag grew out their hair and they were suddenly not punk just because they were growing out their hair and like oh you guys are hippies <laughs> yeah. now but you don't really have that in ska like when you go to a ska show you will see every single walk of life doing anything in the world and it's all accepted and i really really dig that about ska yeah absolutely very open-minded you know, just fun. Um, every ska show I've been to, I've had nothing but fun. I've never had a negative experience at a ska, at a ska show ever. Right. So. The only the only time I've ever had like a questionable time is if there's like a punk band opening and then their mm-hmm. fans kind of get a little carried away in the pit and then it becomes a weird kind of dynamic with it. Then it's like, all right, what's what's going on here? Are we fighting or like like you're you're punk kids at a ska <laughs> show? Let's let's be cool about it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. So. Definitely, definitely no like chain wallets and, and stuff like that going on at a Scott show, but they show up every once in a while. Yeah, they are the best uh, dressed, uh, the, the Rudies, the rude boys mm-hmm. and rude girls always dressed to the nines. And, and that uh, Scott was a gateway into swing for me, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. even though obviously swing was around long before, you know, ska, but, you know, me being a, a girl, a teenager growing up in the the Rocky Mountains, I didn't know about like swing really. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, getting into ska and then went the, the whole swing revival in the late nineties, early two thousands that really, you know, opened the door for me to that. And I love, love swing. And I love, mm-hmm. you know, 1940s and fifties music and yes, uh, a lot of parallels with swing and, and Scott's like, uh, Ska's like a, the baby of, well, not the baby, but yeah, the baby like, of kinda, uh, yeah, like swing of, yeah. and some and punk like jazz or reggae, and, yeah, 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 jazz and all of it. So it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. So let's, well, let's talk about the second wave. Um, mm-hmm. cause, cause we're going to go talk about the rude, uh, rudeness and things like that. 
and then we'll get into that the other parts of it. So the second wave, also known as two tone, is mm-hmm. late eighties. I'm sorry, late seventies, early eighties. It started in England, so basically mm-hmm. everything's going on in Jamaica, and then it kind of dies down. But then mm-hmm. it makes its way up to England, and you got the punk scene going on there, right? And they start remaking the old Jamaican ska classics. So mm-hmm. you've got the elements of punk, and then you've got the elements of the old school first wave ra- um, ska. And so you've got some faster tempos, some fuller instrumentation, because now obviously you've got louder guitars, bass, drums, um, and the harder edge that comes from the the punk. And now the term two-tone comes from the record label that was started by Jerry Dammers of the specials. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was... The term two-tone was because so many of the bands that were in this wave had multi-racial makeup. So you had some black guys, white guys mm-hmm. mixed in. And like I was saying earlier, there were high racial tensions in England at this time. So it was like kind of right. not – it was frowned upon to have like mixed races. And then that's how you have kind of the anti-racism movement in ska kind of perpetuated literally in the two-tone and this is where you get the Mm -hmm. black and white checkers coming from that was the symbol of the two-tone movement and some some notable bands we have are the specials the beat the selector uh madness and let's see so also two-tone is where you get a lot of your classic ska iconography you've got the Mm -hmm. the pork pie hat the suit the term rude boy and girl you have the the classic walt jabsco cartoon Yes. Which, when you think of ska, that's that should be what comes to your mind. All that came from this era. So, as important as the first wave was, I feel like the second wave really kickstarted ska into where it is today. Because so many of those elements are still in place right now. Oh, absolutely! Um, like you're saying, that iconic, you know, the dress code came, and then um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was just it was that's when it became kind of like a scene. Where, you know, they they kind of, oh, they yeah, dressed yeah. in their suits. They were just dressed to the nines. And you just had this, those faster tempos too. You, you know, yeah. that One Step Beyond by Madness. The way, it, I mean, it's an instrumental song. And that's where I think a lot of the instrumentals start coming in. Where um, it was basically no, no singing really in the song. And it was just that, you know, that those beats. Yeah, the mm-hmm. horns, those beats, the, the fast riffs, and yeah, One Step Beyond is like a, such a classic song. And that, that song, even though there's really only like one sentence that is mm-hmm. said in that song, it yeah. really is motivating. And wants, you just want to get up and you want to move. And move. Um, it's, it's a great song to run to. Um, mm. If anyone's a runner, you put that on your, your uh, running playlist. Uh, that really... That gets you going. That starts you up and gets. It has a nice like pace. I like to jog to to ska because, well, not you know, to certain songs because it really that tempo really. Sure, like, sure, yeah, the high tempo you know. and and yeah, yeah. I re- I mean, the specials to me is probably mm-hmm. the key um, ska band of this era. Absolutely. I just love everything they put out. Or have put out, obviously. You know, it's just crazy looking at it being from the 70s and 80s and thinking, like, how long ago it was. And I listened yesterday, I listened to a message to you, Rudy, and mm-hmm. it's like, wow. I, again, like I said before, it does not sound like an old song. It sounds like it could just come out recently. And the 
kind of, I mean, the way America is right now, it the to, the topics are kind of the same too, you know? I don't know. To me, that, that kind of, I'm big into lyrics a lot. So oh, I yeah. read into lyrics oh, yeah. a lot and whatever they're talking about, I try to relate to. And even, even if I don't, and, you know, just big. And also uh, the beat, also known as the English beat, yeah. they they are a great great band from this time period too where yeah you know, lots of great twist and crawl like that that is a mm-hmm. song that that comes on and you just can't help but start moving because of it oh yeah like one of my favorites um so the english beat the b the international b you know mm-hmm. they're all kind of they're all intertwined together but one of my favorite songs is mirror in the bathroom yes that yes. that is an amazing song just the lyrics like it um they're kind of ominous but it's just but it's a really danceable song so it's it's that's one of my favorites for sure i saw uh this is years ago now but the beat co or english beat co-headlined with real big fish years ago and Mm -hmm. that was a good that was the first time i ever heard them saw them and i was i was hooked and i downloaded this is back in the day before streaming services i downloaded illegally their catalog and listened through it and it was just just fun stuff yeah um i saw the english be what was it a couple years a couple three years ago uh came to my my city and um still amazing they're like in their late 60s Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know mid to late 60s some early 70s and they still got it um i was really impressed and i um i believe i'm trying to remember who they played with but um i was i was in a i was an on-call detective at that time so everything blends together Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) as far as like i can't remember everyone who played at every show i've been to but sure um, sure but yeah. Um, so I, I I need to go ahead and get some cred back because I definitely dropped the ball when I said Toots played little bit little bit. So I gotta I gotta earn some cred back. So it's the specials. I looked it up. It the is, specials yeah. did. But here's <laughs> where I, I gotta I gotta make some excuses for myself. My confusion was because Monkey Man was also covered by the specials, and that's where mm-hmm. I was getting confused because I right. knew that they covered one Toots song. I just couldn't remember which one. There's probably more, but so there's there's my little defense of myself. So I know everybody's <laughs> probably like, "Oh man, this guy's a fake." fucking ska poser but no 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 i'm good i just just messed up um and also so rude rude boy rude girl right that is actually another jamaican term that kind of got mm-hmm. into the uk movement which basically the poor people in jamaica they were dressing uh they tried to dress nice they had the the pork pies and the nice suits mm-hmm. and the thin ties and that was just something that kind of carried over from jamaica to england and now you go to a ska show there's going to be at least at the bare minimum five people in suits at the ska show so um (laughs) i never was that guy the most i ever was was the guy wearing the sport coat and the pork pie but i never wore a full suit it was always too hot but you know the whole suit with suspenders and the tie like that's just i mean listen to the song time bomb and you're gonna hear about uh (laughs) the the rude boy you know the black black oh yeah i mean speak speaking of that i mean rancid was i mean obviously tim armstrong and matt freeman they started in op ivy with the whole ska punk movement and then they brought it over um to rancid you know you don't hear it in 
Rancid's first two albums, it's pretty much straight up punk. Mm-hmm. But in when and out come the wolves, which is of course one of my all time favorite punk albums albums in general um is where they really start to embrace it and it they just i mean nail it blow it away i mean you those guys love i mean they they always loved reggae and and ska and um i mean you you just can't you can't you can't beat it you can't no and and then uh, it's gotten to the point it's gotten to the point now with like Tim Armstrong is synonymous with punk rock or uh, ska, and like mm-hmm. you know all of his side projects that have come from there have all of them, no matter what he's playing, has some kind of ska influence to influence, it. Yep, and you know it's which is great, and to think that like I don't know. Again, we we talk about like how they kind of commingle, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I just I can't get enough of it. Yeah, uh, same here. I, <laughs> I mean, I started uh, when I started listening to Op Ivy, and I heard those those beats, and then it just that was the floodgates were opened, and mm-hmm. you know, then I found Scott, and you know, I, like I said, I'm I'm a hardcore I'm a hardcore girl at heart, but I'm also a rude girl. I also love Scott and all. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime. I need like a little bit of a lift. I'll, I'll put that on. Um, sure. and yeah, it just, it takes me back to my teenage days for sure. Yeah. So. so that brings us to the third wave of ska, which is my bread and butter. It's kind of, it's what I grew into. Like, this is how I became who I am today was third wave. So basically what happened, what happened was um, the punk bands and the ska bands were playing together in England. So you would have the clash and then you had the specials playing the exact same game or gig and then mm-hmm. you know that start blending and then it wasn't until really k-rock in california started playing that ska music and then local bands started playing and then you start getting fishbone op ivy culture shock sublime mu330 the suit like all these bands start coming out of the woodwork and then yep. it's like boom the third wave is born and it's just hitting everybody in the teeth and literally a wave goes from california across the united states and i mean from there the rest is history yeah and some of the bands uh from the second wave like so one one band that we forgot to mention that was it's an american band but the singer is british uh Mm. the toasters oh yeah Mm mm-hmm so, you know, the Toaster started back in the early 80s and, you know, he came to, so Bucket um, is the singer. He, you know, came to NYC and he started a record label called Moonska Records. Yes. And, I mean, that's where a lot of those third wave bands were born. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, amazing, amazing bands um, that... Like once I found Moon Sky Records, is I, I explored that entire catalog. I was like, "Wow, this is the greatest thing ever!" Because it has like the 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 East Coast. Because you you notice like with with hardcore with punk, like each coast has their own kind of style, yes. right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's the same with ska. You know, you had those California bands that had a certain sound. Like, you know, like Sublime and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, No Doubt and, all, you know, all those other bands. And then you had, um, 
you know, those East Coast, those NYC, those Northeast bands, you know, the Boston's, uh, you know, that they had their their catch twenty twos and catch twenty two, uh, yeah, yeah, and you just kind of had. There was definitely like a more laid back side of the California West Coast movement, mm-hmm. and then the East Coast definitely embraced the harder edge. I think like more more punk side to it. Like when you yeah. think of obviously the Boss Tones, and you think of Catch Twenty Two, and I'm looking at the the Moon Sky Records uh, list right here, and I'm mm-hmm. going through. Hepcat was a California band that oh, was more um I more reggae. one of my favorites. Yep, one I love of them. my favorites. Uh Mustard Plug was Michigan, but they were kind of mm-hmm. still on the harder side. Let's see. Uh Mephiscopheles, I always mess that up when I say it, but they I mean they are definitely kind of that punk sound. Oh my god, Mephiscopheles, yeah. Um <laughs> Street Light Manifesto a few years ago. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Memphiscopheles. A lot of people didn't know what to think about them because they kind of had that satanic vibe to them. But it was so happy, though. Like, Doomsday, one of their best songs is Doomsday. So, like, fun and danceable. And you're just like, oh, they're kind of, like, talking about worshiping Satan. Right, right. Yep. And then they've got Moonscott World that I'm looking at here. I guess that was, like, the next... Mm -hmm incarnation uh so yeah like sonic boom six from the uk they're like a third wave band um they're they're fun they're mm-hmm. different they're not like straight ska they kind of mess it up a little bit um let's see who else do we have here that i can reference uh lesson jake i guess was on there at one point oh, yeah big d in the kids table which is one of my favorite bands but again so it kind of like fo- you can definitely like you said can definitely see the two difference of the weight of the uh sub like you were saying of the mm-hmm. east coast and the west coast and I'm looking at the the Toasters uh, Wikipedia right now. So I was in a ska band from, I was only in there for like two years, but from like 08 to 2010, really. And in that time, you know, the ska world is not very big, so it kind of shrunk mm-hmm. super quick. And when I left the band, I started doing show promotion. And I was lucky enough to be able to book a couple bands and, and acts. One of them is... Um, King Django, I don't know if you know who that is. He's definitely way more mm-hmm. of a reggae artist than a than a ska artist, but okay. um, really cool. But he is uh, related to the Toasters. I actually, at one point when I was kind of in my heyday of, of ska and working in that industry, uh, I was trying to book the Toasters. I actually was friends with their one of their saxophone players at the time. You know that Northeast kind of conglomerate. They kind of um, lend off each other a lot. I had uh, mm-hmm. Tazzy Phillips, right? That's I think that's his last name. From he has a he has a ska show that's still super popular mm-hmm. right now. There it is, the Ska Parade. That's what it is. Um, oh, okay. That's that's out in Southern California. Um, he was on my he was on my Facebook, like we were Facebook friends, and every single birthday he would go Scappy birthday. Like, this is so cool. Yeah, so it's really nice. cool that there is this kind of camaraderie within it um Mm -hmm. coolie ranks was on my facebook at one point but for me so my first ever like grown up going by myself show was real big fish less than jake streetlight and against all authority that was that Mm -hmm. was my welcome into into the music world and that's a good one 
it was such a good tour. I went twice. I was like, I need to, I went once in Pennsylvania, <laughs> once in New York. And mm-hmm. that kind of just set everything off from there. Then like the following year, immediately I went and saw Less Than Jake, Goldfinger. Oh, yes. Uh, I can't remember the two opener bands right now, but I mean, you talk about a fun show. Um, oh yeah. It's yeah. so uh- much fun. I saw Less Than Jake with, so there was, so one of the, the best ska shows I've ever been to um, was, <laughs> was back in 98, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> so I was in high school and um, it was the ska against racism show. Okay. So um, it had, so the, the guy who put it on uh, was the one of the vocalists um slash saxophone players and skink and pickle oh um, yeah um again from the the 90s it's Mm. kind of started um the whole third wave um because i think they started in the, the late 80s i have to look but um something like that and um so he put on so he had a record label called Asian man records, which he yes, still has yep. to this day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, when I found him in that, um, so, um, I'm half, um, Asian and the, you know, obviously, uh, Mike Park, uh, is he's Korean. Mm-hmm. And so it was really cool for me to see that because you don't see like a lot of Asians like hanging out in punk rock and, <laughs> right. you know, being, you know, so he was kind of the, he was one of the, the, the faces of, of ska in the third wave. Um, and so I thought that was really cool. And so I begged my parents to, you know, take me to that show. And it had him. It had Less Than Jake uh, was the headliner. Uh, Link 80, I think it was. Link 80 is another, mm-hmm. like, ska punk. Like, they're the, kind of the harder And I, I'm trying to remember. Were they from Chicago? See, I can't I remember. Right here. Uh, they were from, no, they're from the Bay area. Oh, they're from the Bay. Oh my God. I'm fired. (laughs) Okay. We we both had two, (laughs) we both had two oopsies this episode. It's fine. Right. (laughs) Well, it's been a while, you know? Um, so, um, but yeah, it it was such a great show, but I remember less than Jake Mm -hmm. and, oh, and the toasters too were there. Um, Mm -hmm. and less than Jake, they were so fun. They were shooting off like. They had squirt guns. They had like one of those paper, uh, those uh, toilet paper paper shooter things. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were like throwing out like toys and stuff. It was so fun. Like confetti. They had like all these like people in costumes and and everything. It was so fun. That's a very, so for anyone who hasn't seen Less Than Jake live, um, even though they are still trucking, you know, and mm-hmm. it's been a while, they they've had a very long career, they still put on an amazing show. Everything that you're saying about the guys in costumes and the, the things being shot into the audience, that isn't like blood, like a guar show, right? But it's um, <laughs> like the toilet paper shooter. I, I went to a show a few years ago and they still had that. And like the confetti oh, that's cannons. Cool. And nice. we went to... Uh, it was like a hard, it was more hardcore, more pop punk and emo than anything else. But Less Than Jake and Streetlight Manifesto were also playing this festival. And I told the people I was with, I was like, we have to see them. And they weren't really into 
Scott, and I was like, trust me, we have to see them. So first off, Streetlight Manifesto comes out, which as far as, like, musical talent, they're right at the top of the list. Like, what you hear on record is what mm-hmm. you hear in person. And we can talk mm-hmm. about that in just a second. But Less Than Jake is probably the most fun I've ever had at a show. And, you know, just every mm-hmm. time I see them, it's always a good show. One of the best pit experiences I've ever had was seeing Less Than Jake in Florida. We were in Jacksonville, which is they're from Gainesville, but so very mm-hmm. close, less than an hour drive. And there was a point where the, the crowd was going crazy in the pit. I could lift my feet up and still move like <laughs> they were just going to move you. It was amazing. Um, you know, just a, a lot of fun. So if you've never heard Less Than Jake, definitely go ahead and do that. I didn't realize this, but their mm-hmm. last like two or three albums, their drummer left. And Vinny is the one that wrote all their songs, like all their earlier songs, but he left. Yes. So now Roger and uh, and Chris are writing, which are still great. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. The lead sing, the two lead singers are writing and uh, it's great. You know, it didn't really, now that I know that I can hear style differences, but right. You know they're still trucking along, which is is a lot of fun. Yeah, and Chris Demakes, the he's like one of the singers, uh, guitar players. He has his own podcast called oh, Chris Demakes a Podcast, and he his podcast is great. So if you guys ever want to check out, and he, he interviews you know other musicians about their popular songs so and the way he he goes through the verses and the choruses of these songs to ask the the songwriters like what they were thinking or what that you know what that particular lyric was about and it's super cool um, oh, that is right up my alley i gotta check that oh one yeah out. you'll love it um especially his earlier episodes i i love it and like he interviews everyone from like he did uh, the Gaslight Anthem, um, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Fallon with the Gaslight Anthem f- uh, for 45, which is a great song by them. Yep. Um, he's done Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. He's done, oh, one of my favorites is um, he interviews Jay Navarro from the Suicide Machines mm-hmm. about Break Break the Glass, which is uh, one of my favorite. It's like one of the best Suicide Machine songs um and jay is very very humble he's a really good songwriter Mm -hmm. but um but yeah so um i digress but that's a great one to check out if you're if you're um less than jake fan um super cool i'm I'm gonna listen to that for probably the next month because that sounds amazing (laughs) so uh talking about less than jake and then i pulled up Asian Man Records when we were talking about all that and I'm looking at all these bands that I had forgot about not even forgot about they just kind of went to the back of the, my, my mm-hmm. mind like Bomb the Music Industry totally forgot about them and um, Jeff Rosenstock that's the that's the lead singer he was in Arrogant Sons of Bitches that's who it was okay so <laughs> yeah so like we talk about looking at all these bands one I wanted to talk about was Five Iron Frenzy and just like the Christian oh, ska, yeah. band, uh, ska movement Yes. The OC there was Supertones. A big, yeah. yeah. So many the insiders. Bands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember, but they're not pre, I mean, they're preachy, but I could still get down with them. Like I'm not religious right. at all, but I- I'm over here singing, you know, all their different glory to God songs and they're really good. <laughs> yeah. Talented talent. Like five iron frenzy is, you know, they're from my state. Mm-hmm. So, um, I saw them pretty much when they were when they were popular. 
I actually saw them before anyone knew who they were. And I'm like, this is cool. I've, they're really good. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't care if they're like, you know, going to church group all the time. I mean, they can really play. And, uh, uh, Reese Roper, the singer, his voice is really, really good, too. I mean, funny. they had a full yeah. horn section. They have, like, two saxophone players, I believe, a trumpet, a trombone. I mean, they they had it all. Yeah. I think the cool thing with ska, just thinking about the horn section, is that you got people who may not have ever picked up a guitar in their life, but were really good in marching band, and now suddenly they're rock yeah. stars, right? Like, you know, you that's got the true. entire... Like, I remember... <laughs> When we were in the band, and that's that's how we got our horn section. We grabbed all our buddies that were in the marching band that also kind of like ska, and we're like, "Hey, you want to?" But we would show up at these hardcore shows or at these punk shows, and we're we're breaking open the trumpet and trombone, and people are like, "What's going on here?" It's kind of like you know when a yeah. mariachi band's about to start up. <laughs> exactly. But you know, some of these these people who play the horn section in a ska band are so talented, and they not only that, but they really mm-hmm. get they understand music theory. So the songs just get so complex. I and mean, when you listen to them, you're like, wow, this is so much, it's fun, but it's also like good music. Right. But yeah, the, the vocalist of five iron frenzy, so much fun and just a good voice. Then, like you said, you have uh, the OC Supertones, the insiders, which again, mm-hmm. not a religious guy by any means, but I will, I will blast that music like crazy oh yeah they are great and they were able to um i know with five iron frenzy and the oc supertones they were able to you know cross into that secular scene as well and you know some of their songs were were uh pretty they would play them you know not just on the christian radio stations Mm -hmm. they'd play them you know like mainstream yeah yeah for sure and like you know, you think of like, well, mainstream as far as ska got, which I mean, at one point, ska was huge. Um, I think, mm-hmm. you know, people see Gwen Stefani nowadays and all they know is either from No Doubt or her time as a solo artist slash, you know, her social media light thing, Blake Shelton, all yeah. that nonsense. But forget that she was, you know, one of the first big names in third wave ska. Um, mm-hmm. And really, no doubt, starting off, turned her into who she is today. And I, I, I don't follow Gwen Stefani, so I don't know if she like talks about it ever. But some of the old school No Doubt songs, like the really ska heavy No Doubt songs, are great and just like mm-hmm. so much fun. And then you've got obviously bands like Sublime and the Boss Tones when they had their big hits out there. So. Uh, Scott at one point was like, I mean, I missed it. I was, I was still like too young to listen to the radio, but Scott (laughs) at one point was all over the radio. Oh yeah. Um, I remember the whole, the, the ska, um, boom of the late nineties, early two thousands. Well, pretty much most all of the nineties, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and speaking of no doubt and Gwen Stefani, she kind of set the tone for a lot of the female ska singers. Like you had the dance hall crashers, which is one of my favorite uh, bands, which is another, uh, Tim Armstrong product. So, right. And, um, say Ferris too is another one, um, that, you know, she kind of opened the gates for those female, um, lead ska singers, or female-led ska bands of of the 90s, which, you know, they still have a huge following today. 
Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. pretty cool. I was never, and this sounds terrible, but I was never really into the the, the female uh, vocals in ska um, too much. I mean, uh, the selector, um, mm-hmm. which you know was from Two Tone, but she she kind of like um, uh, she she kind of branded herself because she was she wanted to be. She wanted to be seen as an equal. She didn't want to be seen as the cute girl, like, lead right. singer in the band. Like, a lot of the third wave ska bands were like. So, I guess I just kind of was more drawn to that. Right. But, um, and, but no, I mean, they're talented singers, though. Those female singers, though. Like, Gwen has an amazing voice. And um, I can't remember the, the names of the, the two singers in Dance Hall Crashers, the females. But, I mean... Good stuff, though. I yeah, mean, yeah, talented. and even um, some some of the female led bands that I listened to kind of more recently, like there was one called Chase Long Beach. Um, mm. They had a female lead singer, and she, I think they're actually they came back. My buddy told me that they came back, but they had broken up. They came back, really good. Mm. They're actually an Aaron Barrett produced band, so I mean, they kind of got the real big nice. fish uh, vibe to them. Um, who else? There was another band. Oh, um, they don't exist anymore, but they're a band from um, Connecticut. There were two sisters called Tip the Van. They mm. were really good. Um, actually, my band, they opened for, or we opened for them a bunch of times. Um, just a lot of fun. Um, one of the sisters went on to tour manage for a hardcore band, I think, and some mm-hmm. other stuff. Like, really good things. Um but yes, there was a lot of times where I'm watching these like female-led ska bands, and I'm like, "All right, whose girlfriend is this? like?" Because it just didn't make sense. Like it just seemed yeah. very like checking this box here. But a, a lot, they were all so good at singing and stuff like that. Um, yes, very talented. Very much for so. Sure. Um, going back down the Asian Man Records uh, list here, let's see any other bands mm-hmm. that are good to reference. So. Um, I, w- I do want to talk about Big D and the Kids Table. Did you get into them at all? Um, so I didn't know who they were until my husband. My husband's a big fan of them, and his his favorite all time band is Real Big Fish. But he introduced me to them um, when we first uh, got married, and I was like, "Oh, they're they're pr- they're good." Yeah. Um, the the lead sing. So they were probably. So when I was in my band, we opened for them a bunch because they're from Boston. We were from New Jersey. So they played in the same kind of area. And whenever they were playing, we would hound the show promoter for us to get on the bill. And um, Mm -hmm. so it got to the point where Dave, the lead singer of Big D and the Kids Table, would recognize us because I've got a pretty memorable face and and our lead singer or one of our lead singers, very recognizable. So he got to know us, right? And then I left the band. A year later, he comes to Florida on tour and I just kind of, you know, whatever. And he sees me and we like, this is right after my dad passed away and his dad had passed away, I think, recently as well. And we actually had like a conversation about stuff. And I was like, this is, from that moment, he can do no wrong. Like he's... He's gold minted in my book. Um, and then mm-hmm. year, maybe two years later, uh, it's uh, Real Big Fish, Big D, Suburban Legends, who is another really fun band. Uh, they're playing at the House of Blues, and I actually get the set list from Big D, and I, I've got it somewhere tucked away in one of my drawers here. But I mean, just like good stuff. It's kind of. Um, they kind of. So they started out, if you listen to their old records, very punk influenced. 
uh, very hard kind of sounding. Now he kind of split and like half of him, he calls it, uh, I think stomp and stroll. And one is like super hard and one is super light and more reggae, uh, very swing influenced. Um, if mm-hmm. you listen to the album fluent and stroll, uh, very kind of light and swing based. There's one song called I, 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 where, hmm. I mean, you could, you could swing dance to that. Like it was 1940 all over again. So much fun. Oh, nice. Um, he kind of started a subgroup called the doped up dollies. And it has that old school, hmm. um, swing bass, like female ensemble for, for oh, vocals. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so definitely check that one out. That's like, I remember when they released that album, and people were against it because they were trying something different because it wasn't their normal sound. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's what's wrong with music fans. Like they hate when something sounds too much like their old stuff, but they also hate when they try to get creative also. Right. Yeah. Cause they, you know, people need to realize that bands, you know, people change over time and bands can change up their, you know, their sound a little bit over time because they're experimenting with different sounds and they're obviously fans of different types of music. And I feel like people don't get that and they're not accepting of that. I mean, you may not like the way it sounds, but at least respect that they're trying to do something different and be creative and not just produce the same thing the same sound over and over and over for every record exactly and and they're artists too so they're obviously trying to grow Mm -hmm. as an artist and try new things and i always kind of i don't know i get frustrated and i i've been guilty of it too where where i've had a band that i liked and i really liked the sound that they had and then they get really experimental i'm like what was that but yeah. at the same time, I've, I don't know who said it once, but some famous band leader once said, like, if you like how the old records sound, go listen to the old records. We're making new records now. Like, and that's exactly how it could be. And I know that the Suicide Machines got a lot of crap when they kind of went way more to the ska side yeah. and away from the punk sound. I want to say that was maybe their self-titled album that people don't like listening to because it's a little too light. But I pers- I like I like all of them, you know? And I think mm-hmm. too many people get fixated on what they you know the sound that they like and obviously they like that sound for a reason but if you like the band you like the band right yeah i mean you're gonna be a fan no matter what i mean uh, there's and goldfinger did that a little bit yep, they got yep. a little experimental um I'm trying to think um I'm, i have my ska playlist mm-hmm. up of some of my favorites um there's a band um that from I, they were from Chicago. This band, uh, Slapstick, uh-huh, and they yeah, again were yeah. another like you know ska uh, punk band, and where they had the horns, but he had that like really gritty sounding punk voice. Mm-hmm, uh, great, mm-hmm. that, that's a great one. I like them um, a lot. Yep. Oh, yeah. the Aquabats! I totally. Oh yeah, we totally skipped over. Totally them. skipped. Now you them. want to talk about how unique ska can be? Fun. Let's talk about the Aquabats. Yes. Oh, yeah. I will never forget when I found them. And for, you know, people who don't know, so they they are a humor band. Mm-hmm. Like, every genre has kind of a band that's all about just humor and fun and not taking themselves too seriously. And that is um, the Aquabats. That is the Aquabats. Um, so the, uh, the singer 
is actually a child star. Um, he was in some, he was a child actor and then he, I listened to a podcast about it, about mm-hmm. him. And I, I don't know the names of the shows offhand. I feel like he had some sort of a role in like family ties or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, so anyways, I'm, I'm, I looked him up. He was in, uh, all in the family. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He, he was That's in he I was meant. in Gloria. He was in a spinoff of that. But he was also in Pretty okay. in Pink and yes. Married with Children and Roseanne. So he was with all those different Okay, things. there you go. Yeah, yeah, so he was in all... So he's a child actor and then, you know, started the Aquabats and then made, you know, a TV show called Yo Gabba Gabba for Kids. So, and, and literally as we're talking, I'm, I'm pulling every, all these different Wikipedias up. I knew that Aquabats were on Yo Gabba Gabba, and I was going to say that. I didn't realize he made Yo Gabba Gabba. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. Um, just a very talented guy. But those song, the songs Aquabat, uh, the, the Aquabats, super rad. Yes. That's all you need to listen to mm-hmm. is super rad. Super fun, super third wavy um, ska, and um, they just talk about silly things. But I remember driving around in my 1990 Pontiac Le Mans four-speed hatchback, cruising around my town with the windows down, and listening to that album mm-hmm. was super rad. It, it just put me in the best mood ever. Right. Um, so that's a super, super fun band. And that's and, on and- my running playlist as well super yeah, ad it's a that's, good that's a good song. one i'm gonna next time i go to the gym i'm putting that on um also with the aquabats someone this is kind of like a fun fact uh travis barker was the original drummer yes. for the aquabats so you think about him now where he is i mean talk about blowing up uh basically reinvented hip-hop music by all his different um remixes and things like that and you know basically gave machine gun kelly a new career um but he started with the Aquabats, and that's insane. And obviously, Travis Barker's yes. famous for Blink-182 and everything also. But to know mm-hmm. that he was the first drummer, I mean, shows the – where you can st- – I mean, look at all these big stars we're talking about, obviously. Like Travis Barker, Gwen Stefani, you know, they, and it all started right at um, – With Scott. Right with Scott, <laughs> right. And then yeah, obviously – the- Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so I was just going to say about Travis Barker. Um, so Christian, the singer for the Aquabats, mm-hmm. he, in an interview on a podcast, he was talking about how he felt Travis was too talented mm. to play in the Aquabats. And so when Blink-182 came around, um, you know, and he was all about, he wanted to play faster, you know, because he, he's an amazing drummer, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so he outgrew the Aquabats a little too much. Yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, he got, he was stolen by Blink-182. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought that was so funny how they were trying to tell him to to slow the beat down with their, their you know, before they had Travis, they had another drummer who was terrible. And mm-hmm. they're like, you need to slow it down. He's like, no, I want to go faster. And he made it. You know, made those songs more faster, and, and obviously they were hits. Right, I was going to say, and and you know, basically gave Blink One Eight Two the the leg up that that they needed. Because you listen to the early mm-hmm. Blink One Eight Two records, and while they're good, um, there's definitely something yeah. lacking. And then when you go to the Travis Barker era, it's like, oh, this is this is where we need to be. Um, yeah, you know, Sublime. I'm not a huge Sublime fan. 
there are sublime songs that I will listen to and enjoy, but they're definitely way overplayed. Um, like I can't listen to yeah. Santeria at all. Like it's just too <laughs> overdone, but, and, and <laughs> this is so silly, but like, I don't even claim sublime as a ska band. I'm like, no, they're, they're pop. They're a pop band, but, um, well, and the, you know, they had that, that reggae, like stoner influence, obviously. Yes. Um, and then like when Bradley Knowles died, um, mm-hmm. You know, then they had like what the Long Beach dub All Stars, and they just like tra- Sublime with Rome, and yeah. it just sounded like recycled, like re- trying to replace him, and it, it just sounded. They should have. So, all the songs sound the same. Oh, they do, they do, and don't get me wrong. There's a place in my heart for that. Um, like when I'm at the beach, give me some Sublime with Rome. Like that is that's good chilling <laughs> beach music. Don't get me wrong, but um, they should have changed the band name because that does not sound like original Sublime at all. There's no edge to it at all. They sound super uh, mass produced. Um, but they kept the name obviously because they wanted to recapture all the old Sublime fans because they went so long without releasing anything. Um, yeah. But I think there was there was some lawsuit with uh, Bradley's family that they need like they wanted to keep the name sublime but they didn't want Rome to get credit for Brad's stuff so they had to add sublime mm-hmm. with Rome to think they should just change the whole name don't you know like yeah change the whole name and then you know he sounds like he's trying to copy mm-hmm. Bradley Knowles with the the sound of his voice too at least in my opinion that's yeah, what it kind yeah, of sounds just- like but and I've listened, like, I've know. never seen them live. I, I have no real interest to. I don't want to spend the money on that. But yeah. um, I've listened to some like live tracks of him doing Santeria or um, date, date Rape. And it just doesn't sound right. Like, he tries to copy, but it doesn't yeah. sound right. So it's just not. But, I mean, they are probably one of the most popular, best-selling bands. Old Sublime, when you talk about bands that came from Scott. Yes, and... And they're like a gateway for people into ska as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I've, you know, had friends who they listened to Sublime before they knew about any ska, and that's how they got into ska. Right. So So that's cool. I'll accept it. But again, too many of them go straight down the stoner path, and they just go into like all the different reggae bands, which, you know, white boy reggae, again, has a place in my heart, but ska is always my preferred method of, of enjoyment, but you start seeing bands. I don't know if you got into Ballyhoo at all, but they're kind of right on that borderline mm-hmm. of white boy reggae and ska. They kind of do both. Oh, okay. A lot of fun. So, I mean, you know, that is what it is. I just, if I, if I have to pick, I'm definitely not going to pick sublime, but they always seem to come up on every ska playlist that Spotify will poke up. Um, but not mine. Yeah. If, if I make a ska playlist, they're not going to be. <laughs> Yeah, some of the other, um, like, East Coast ska bands that I really enjoyed were um, the Slackers. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've ever heard them. And they still tour, too. They still play shows. But, man, they have that little slow, um, they have a little bit of the first wave sound in them. But they just total chill. So when I'm at the beach, I like to listen to the Slackers, uh, Hepcat. Hepcat, Those are my two Hepcat is like one of my all-time favorite ska bands. They're from LA, but they have just such, I mean, they sound like they could be from Jamaica, like Mm -hmm. in first wave. Yes. Um, But they also have like some, you know, very danceable songs. Like No Worries is one of the best ska songs ever, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And then um, 
I Can't Wait is like a love song. Um, but they're great. And one of the guys from that band um, is an actor. Yeah. Um, lead singer. Greg. I can't. Oh, no. Greg. Uh, I can't think of his last name. I'd have to look it up. But from Hepcat? he was in. Yes. Yeah. He um, was in a kind of an indie film called Swingers, which is mm-hmm. about the L.A. Scott or um, L.A. swing scene of the 90s. It has like Vince Vaughn, John Favreau, where, oh, that's a great. So I know that people from our chat group, at least a couple, know that that movie and they love that movie. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You guys need to check that out. It's, you know, Vince Vaughn and John Favreau's before Iron Man, before, uh, you yeah. know, all those rom-coms and stuff like that, before The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were they were in that, that movie, and that was kind of like their breakout as young actors in L.A. They were kind of making fun of themselves, but they it's all about the, the uh, their dating life and they're trying to be at trying to make it in um hollywood as actors and stuff like that and they're into swing music and so they go to these like swing clubs like big bag big bad voodoo daddy was one of like the swing revival bands that i loved Mm -hmm. from the 90s and they're in there and stuff like that but yeah um greg from hepcat is one of the like secondary characters from their little gang that they have their little hangout group. Um, and he's done, he's been in like some TV shows and stuff as well. Um, yes. So but, has, um, Alex, the lead singer, he's been in a bunch of, Oh, stuff Alex. Too. Oh, that's that, maybe the, that's no, what I'm looking that's at. Who I meant. Yeah. That's yeah. who I meant was Alex. God, yeah. I'm fired. I'm uh, so fired. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, no, it's he, Alex desert. He was, yes. he's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Greg's the um, other singer. He was also in, um, like TV, sh- like you said, TV shows. Like he was in Boy Meets World, Becker, um, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that's where I first saw him was Boy Meets World as a kid. And then when I see him on stage with Hepcat, I'm like, that's so cool. Like you know, just yes. just adding that. And uh, my favorite song by Hepcat is "Dance with Me." Um, that oh, is yeah. such a Great fun, line. you know, just danceable reggae song. But it's sky. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, Let's see here. So I want to talk about swing real quick. Totally not ska related, but in my high school, uh, when they should have been teaching me how to do taxes and balancing a checkbook and what credit is, uh, in gym class instead we learned how to swing dance, and um, so that was my uh, intro to it, and I loved it because again, that was like when I was into ska music, and it had fast beat, you could dance, horns. Um, so they showed us uh, Cherry Pop and Daddies. Uh, yep. Brian Setzer's orchestra, like that is so mm-hmm. much fun. And even like the rockabilly side of things, mm-hmm. you know, that is always kind of in the back of my mind. It's just a fun subgenre of everything. And it's oh, yeah, just, I love it. There was, a, I missed out on it a few years ago. Cherry Pop and Daddies played a, no, I'm sorry, it was Stray Cats. Stray Cats played a free show where I used to live mm. and I missed out on it because I had to work. But I mean, that's just, you know, talk about fun, danceable stuff. That oh, old yeah. school swing and oh yeah the stray cats with uh you know brian setzer like he definitely brought that whole swing revival back and yeah like cherry pop and daddies big baddie or big voodoo oh my gosh i was just <laughs> talking about them with the swingers movie um 
them and you know some other lesser known ones they brought back that whole but it was in line like it was during the whole like when ska was big too and i feel so they kind I wonder, of it, went i was just gonna say i wonder if it got so big because ska was so big and they're so similar in yes. sounds that people were like I oh this so. is cool too yeah yeah and like i was trying another ska band from the the east coast that i love too was the pie tasters did you ever yep. like them mm-hmm. yep oh uh, they're from dc okay and again like yeah, like they would do these kind of like rough sounding fast songs and then they do some slower more refined songs and they have like those drinking songs and they're they're a lot of fun as well so there's I all also- these bands and i they still do some shows too mm-hmm. another uh east coast band that i really got into being from new jersey was uh catch 22 slash relay manifesto yes um, so which they are pretty they're the same band like let's be honest so so let's they sound exactly the same (laughs) right so it's it's funny because we were talking about bradley and sublime and sublime with rome so Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know the whole drama between catch 22 turning into streetlight manifesto but i know that catch 22 was a band and then mm-hmm. Thomas left for whatever reason. I'm not really sure why, but he started Streetlight Manifesto. He's the lead singer mm-hmm. and guitar writer, song, or guitar player, songwriter. But Catch-22 still wanted to keep going. And they didn't change their name. And so he would, they would play, when they played shows, they would play his songs. And he was like, whoa, 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 what are we doing? So Keysby Nights is the album. It's amazing. It's probably a top yeah. 10, top 5 ska album. And, yes, I agree. And, Thomas's first record with Streetlight Manifesto, uh, I want to say it's a moment of violence. He flat out says in the lyric, if you hate me so much, stop singing my songs. And I'm like, oh, man, this is beef in Sky World. This is so cool, right? So um, so what he went went and did with Streetlight Manifesto was he re-recorded Keys Be Nights. And he Mm. changed a little bit in each song. So that way, when he went to get the copyright for it, which he could have, because obviously it's his songs, he wrote them then they couldn't play it. And I know they had a big beef with their record label at the time. I think they were signed to victory records and they came out with yeah, their third right. album, which was um, somewhere in the between another top five album for me. And then they they'd super separated themselves from um, the catch 22 original sound catch 22 still plays new lead singer and it's just they're not the same though like the same thing with like sublime when they changed and whatever um but streetlight manifesto who thomas will not acknowledge that he's still a ska band because i guess he's too cool for it or whatever (laughs) but they're a ska band they're just i mean like i said musically they're probably above and beyond every band i've ever listened to so intricate in how they play but um that's yeah that's one of my favorite bands was nine millimeter in a three-piece suit was that with the new singer or was that with thomas so the original version was with thomas with catch 22 okay okay and then he re-recorded it on on my playlist (laughs) yeah yeah and then um like i said he re-recorded it like if you listen to off that album dear sergio um which is the first song on it that the Catch-22 version and then the Streetlight version, the Streetlight version has an extra verse at the end of it. So just different mm-hmm. things that he would do or he would change the instrumentation a little bit just so that way it was different. He had a rule a long time, like a while ago. I don't know if it's still a thing, but he would not let ska bands open for him because he was like, no, we're not a ska band. I'm like, dude, <laughs> unfuck yourself. Like, it's okay. Like, That's we're funny. okay. But um, like I said, That's I don't funny. know. He played a, when I was in the band, He they headlined a ska 
fest that we played. So I think he got over that. But for a while, he would not let ska bands open for him because he didn't want to get pigeonholed. I wonder if that's why they... I mean, so back then, Victory Records, like, they signed a bunch... They had, you know, they were strictly hardcore, and then they started Mm -hmm. reaching out, and they they got, like, Catch-22, and then they did, like, you know, some more emo-ish sounding bands. Like, you had Thursday on there and stuff, and so it was just, like, a hodgepodge, but everyone hates Victory Records. There's even songs about it. Victory Records sucks. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm, I'm looking at it, and like all these bands had lawsuits against them. You had Hawthorne Heights had a lawsuit against them. A Day to Remember That's that right. was a big one. Streetlight Manifesto has a lawsuit against them. So yeah, Victory Records is not a fan of the Punk Rock Cops podcast. We don't want we don't want your business. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for all the bands I mean, you had at one point. I know, like I am not hating because they have like some of the best. Like my favorite bands have come from Victory. I mean, they've had got everyone from like strife and Snapcase and you know all these hardcore bands from the early 90s to geez like yeah like thursday streetlight manifesto catch 22 uh hawthorne heights emo atrey you mm-hmm. which is a great band yeah. um you know all these like and then like now yeah they're but the owner Tony, he's still he's like, hey, I did what I had to do to sell <laughs> to sell records and get these bands out there and blah blah I feel blah. Like he a, screwed a lot of bands over. Right, right, and I feel like a lot of people hate the business side of music, and that's this is a great example of it. And I'm looking at all well, the, I'm just looking at their old lineups, and like they had yeah. Silverstein, they had Taking Back Sunday. Uh, Ooh, Voodoo yeah. Glow Skulls they had yep. in there. Another ska band right yep. there yep, from uh, from the West Coast. I was going to say, they're a Cali And they were like, yeah, they uh, had like, you know, that Hispanic influence because most of their members um, are Hispanic. But yeah, great. I forgot about them too. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just forget who's all been on Victory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, as we're talking about all these bands, I'm kind of going through the catalog in my head, and I'm like, oh, we should talk about this. But then I move on to another band because we bring up something. And, like, one of the ones I wanted to say was, like, the uh, the Canadian ska scene is pretty significant, too. Um, the one band that st- stands out in my mind is the Planet Smashers. They're one of my favorite bands. Oh, my God, yes. Um, I recently just found them. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea they were Canadian. And so their song, um, I think it's Life of the Party. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a great song. And I was, I, and that, it, that song is, fits perfectly in like the 90s third wave. Mm-hmm. Like you, you couldn't tell that's like a new song, you know, like, yeah. Uh, so that, very good. That's a, yeah. that's a great and song. They just have, uh, they have one that's called, um, shit, what's it called? Like Super something porno party or something mm. it, it's just i mean they're fun like that that's all I yeah can, that's the only way i can label it is they are fun um one of my favorite songs by them is unstoppable um mm. which like, that's a good one yeah yeah it's just i mean gets, gets you all hyped up and, and ready to go um can't even find that track so on Wikipedia. another another kind of thing that you would see a lot of the ska bands doing is cover songs right yes yes a bunch of cover, cover songs thing. So, you know, Real Big Fish love to do that. I know that mm-hmm. for for sure. You know, they they made a Take Me On very popular again with their yep. version of it. And then they did like Brown Eyed Girl, um, 
a bunch of different i can't remember all of them but yeah they they had well they had released a whole cover album not too long ago oh that's right yeah that was oh my god it was over 10 years ago (laughs) um but they also throughout their career which they're still i don't know are they still counted as active yeah they're still active but they haven't done anything in, in quite some time but um they would sprinkle in covers throughout their career and they were very influenced by like the 80s hair bands so um mm-hmm. take on me obviously like that's an example of it let me look here see which ones we got um i want to say this album had it um they covered social distortion they covered story of my life mm-hmm. they covered um morrissey they mm-hmm. they just so many cool covers and i think that's with scott that is one of the things is like you can take a heavier song and make it a light sounding ska song, you know? And Oh yeah, yeah. That's definitely uh like Lesson Jake has Surrender, uh the cheap trick cover. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we could go on and on just listen to all the cool covers. I once made a playlist on Spotify, I I lost it, but it was like all the great covers. I I called it like covers that don't suck. And it's just mm-hmm. all the different ska bands covering like fun songs. Um, another band talking about is uh, you know the Mad Caddies? Oh yeah, I've seen them, and they're yeah. they're yeah, and they they cover songs as well. But yeah, definitely the Mad Caddies is they another... um their cover of She by Green Day is so mm-hmm. yeah. good. They turned it into a reggae song. I like that better yeah. than the Green Day version. Ooh, and one uh, one of my favorite covers that they uh, do is oh my gosh, give me a second. Uh, it's Bad Religion song, Sorrow. God, oh. I don't know why that. Yeah. So it's a slowed down version of Bad Religion, Sorrow, but they do a great a great version of it. That's right. Um, that's so, right. Yeah. Uh, Streetlight then, did a uh, did a cover album as well. Streetlight had such high like they set the bar too high. They had 99 songs for the revolution. That's what the name of the project was, and they were going to cover 99 songs and like it was going to be like Thomas's like go-to playlist and they only did one volume of it. But anyway, um yeah. some really really good covers on that. And let me pull up the track list and just to give you an idea, Streetlight Manifesto. Um again, because a lot of the songs that they had covered, I would have never looked into had they not been um covered by a, a band that i was already listening to so for example they had uh skyscraper by bad religion they had mm-hmm. linoleum by no effects um, oh yeah let's see they did they did a uh, hell by squirrel squirrel nut zippers um oh and, yeah and just by radiohead like all of those were just like good first off good songs and then obviously good covers as well punk rock girl just so many good covers. Now I'm looking at this. I got to listen to this album again. So there's there's another ska band that's, you know, a newer ska band that does, I mean, they do some of their own originals, but they mostly do covers of like pop songs and all kinds of um, different genres. They're called the um, Holophonics. Have you ever heard of them? No, I don't think I've heard that one. Um, where are they from? I don't even know, but they have albums where they just do covers or wait a minute. Yeah. I think I got that right. The whole, I might be spelling it wrong. I I try to bring it up on (laughs) Spotify, but I just, but you know, yeah, I'm right. 
Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay, so I see on YouTube it says Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne they covered. Yep, Linkin Park's Numb, uh, Despazio, uh, Men at Work. So they do like, uh, they do Fat Lip by Uh uh, Sum 41. So yeah, um, they're pretty fun. They they do a a good job um, of covers, but you know, in more of a ska um, tone to it. Sure. Have you, so one of the biggest things that people kind of get on ska about, especially like third waivers, is like the bands haven't changed. Like since, you know, the, the wave of the 90s, everything's kind of died down. And like up until like the Boston's kind of called it quits, every band was still the same. Like Boston's were so popular, Real Big Fish, Less Than Jake Street, like, like all mm-hmm. these ones are still going, but there's no real new wave there's no fourth wave and the one band that i did want to bring up real quick is the interrupters um, oh yeah. yeah they're another female fronted band another tim armstrong project and mm-hmm. they apparently as i'm looking now is um they were super popular their song she's kerosene which i love um oh yeah that's a great kind one, of kerosene, that that, yeah. that charted so now everyone's like, "Ooh, are they starting the fourth wave?" And I don't know. We might, we might be seeing the the start of it, but um, maybe. I- um, so, fun fact about Amy Interrupter, the the singer she she tried because she's not she's not a young woman. She's in her forties or late thirties, mm-hmm. early forties. So she tried, um, you know, to get. She was in the music business for a long time. And originally, they almost tried to market her like a Gwen Stefani type. Mm. And it just wasn't getting, you know, she wasn't really going anywhere. Well, then she hooks up with Tim Armstrong, got her, because he was using the brothers. So it's a, the musicians are like brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget all their names. But anyways. Uh, Kevin, Justin, and Jesse Mino- Benova. Yes. So Tim would use them like in his side projects as musicians, like when um, Rancid would go on tour and they needed, you know, for Time Bomb with the, you know, the uh, keyboard sound in the, in that song, they would have one of the, the brothers play the keyboards, you know, for them and stuff like that. So super cool. And I saw Rancid when they had, they were playing with the Interrupters Mm -hmm. and he came out and was playing with them like on Time Bomb and stuff like that. So, I mean, Tim's a genius. I mean, he has um, Hellcat Records, which tons of ska bands he had, you know, obviously Hepcat Mm -hmm. uh, released um, albums. That's how I found about found out about Hepcat was through Hellcat Records, which, you know, Tim runs. So, (laughs) right. You know, when we're talking about all these big names in Sky and we talk about the big record labels, Hellcat obviously is a big thing. Fat Records is also another one. You know, these massive record labels that brought out so many important bands. Another, I'm looking at, now I'm looking at Hellcat's lineup. Um, Westbound Train is from Boston. I don't know if you know them. But it's mm-hmm. a um, kind of like a Hepcat soul reggae kind of ska band. So mm-hmm. much fun. Very like, again, beach listening, just like sitting back and I'm going to have this oh, yeah. on the background. Um, just so many great ska bands. If you could uh, name your favorite band. I know that's going to be tough. If you could like, if you had to listen to a ska band right now and it's the last ska band you get to listen to, who would it be? It's a tough one. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think it would probably straight up ska. So we're just we're talking about like it's going to be Hepcat. I yeah. I love love Hepcat. Um, just so they have um just. I mean, they have these, like, love songs. They have these kind of more danceable songs and then more chill songs. Um, but, yeah, I would probably be Hepcat is one of one of my very top ska bands for sure. Mm-hmm. What about my, you? Mine, so it was Real Big Fish, right? At the beginning mm-hmm. of this conversation, if I, asked that, if I was asked that question, it would have been that. But you kind of rekindled my love for Less Than Jake, which I've never lost it. But to me... I think I'm going to go Less Than Jake just because their catalog is huge and they've never missed. Like every single album, every EP they've put out, every single they've put out has always just been so good. And I can listen to even like their more poppy album, which was uh, Mm -hmm. In With The Outcrowd, I think it was, like that people don't like. Again, they changed their sound a little bit. People got all funky about it. I can listen to that front to back repeatedly. Um, So I think I'm going to go Less Than Jake. And I typically, when I say who's my favorite band of all time, they're usually in that conversation depending on my mood. Mm-hmm. Just because when I'm when I'm measuring who's a favorite band, it's always like percentage of <laughs> good, you know. And of everything right. they've got, I may, maybe their Grease cover album is like my least favorite, <laughs> but everything else is just perfect, you know. So even I like I forgot about that album. <laughs> I think they did too. I think they tried to at least, but yeah, probably. Um, but like, even like their album B for B sides, which is all their B sides mm-hmm. put together, it's like that's better than most bands' full album, a full A sides. So, I think that would be it for me. Um, what is your favorite ska show you've ever been to? Um, it's probably going to be that ska against racism show, which had. Like I was saying, um, I don't think I listed the the entire um, lineup for that, but it was Less Than Jake, uh, The Toasters, uh, Mustard Plug. Ooh, that was a band we didn't talk about, yep. Yeah, um, which, where are they from? Michigan, I think. I think so, um, yeah. And even though I listen to them now, and I'm like, oh, they're not as good as I remember. Right, they're definitely me, like but... the teenage when you were really into ska, <laughs> they were great. But yeah, the singing wasn't the best. Right. Um, I was listening to like, one of my. Oh no! I was just thinking like Bucko Nine's like a... the same way. Like they were really fun when I was really into ska. Oh, but yeah, so one of my all-time favorite ska songs is "My Town" yep. mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. Bucko Nine. Now that's another like chill at the beach song, but they're from San Diego, I think. Yeah, somewhere I think on the so. west I think coast, they're west there coast, in California. Yeah. I think it's San Diego, but they have some good ones. So I had a 10-inch record by them. Um, Mm -hmm. That was one of the first ska records I ever bought. Like, I'm talking about vinyl records. It was a 10-inch vinyl record. And I would play the shit out of that thing (laughs) when I was, like, 15. I I thought it was the coolest thing ever, number one, because I never saw a record that size. Because you had the 7-inch, the 10-inch, and then, you know, obviously the LP uh, 12-inch. But so cool. But I loved I loved them as a high school kid mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. first getting into ska. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like when you're listening to it, it's like, no, this is, this is my, this is my genre right here. Like it's so in your face ska, like there's no questions about it. So it definitely, yeah. Well, so, and a fun fact about Buck 09 is that the drum, I think is the drummer, Steve, 
I want to say Bauer, but I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. He was a tattoo artist. He opened up a tattoo shop in my city and did a tattoo, like did a, he fixed a tattoo for uh, my husband, which was really cool. So, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I'm like, oh my God, you're a Buck O'Nine. He's like, oh, you were, you know who Buck O'Nine is? He's like, I try to forget about that. I'm like, why? You guys are good. But yeah, super cool. But yeah, it, it's just crazy how these ska guys have just progressed and we've talked about so many different ones that have so it's you then you hear the story about the tattoo artist mm-hmm. you got your Gwen Stefani's and you got your tattoo artist it goes and how many yeah. of them are just like just normal joes now like the ska wave died down and then they went back to their normal life which is good um to know yeah, that like these you know, yeah, these bands that break up or they they kind of defunct uh, for a while and then they'll go on tour, like random play random shows, and then they have their you know nine to five jobs or whatever their new careers. Same with like hardcore bands like that you, that break up and you're like you know ten, fifteen, twenty years, thirty years later, it's like what are you what are you doing? Oh, you're a teacher out of high school or something, right? It's interesting. Right. So and and you you know you know that there's we know now like your students have no idea who you used to be, but you used to be such right. a big deal. Yeah. And I would love that. I would think that was the coolest thing ever. Right. Like, to, like, Hey, know. like even now, like they're, you know, my little two years in a band that I hold so near and dear to my heart, but is like a foreign concept to everyone in my life now. But should it ever come up? Um, because the people that I was in the band with, they're still touring around. So every once in a while, it's like, wait, you were in Survey Says? I was like, bro, I was the founder. But, you know, and it's it's that dirty little secret that you hold on and the memories don't go anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, just like, you know, when we all like found each other, you know, the punk rock cops, when we all found each other and we're, you know, you initially you you talk shop and all this stuff and then you find out oh my god you're in a ska band or oh my god you're in a hardcore band or you know this or that like you went to like you love all these bands that i loved it's so it's like it's awesome it really is this community is is super cool and i don't think people you know would you would you say it's super rad it's it it is super rad (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's the super rad, the super rad anyways. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's really, for me, it was just like an epiphany, like mm-hmm. where you're like, wow, there's all these other people who used to, you know, be knee deep or, you know, chest deep in, in this music. And I mean, we, we still all are, mm-hmm. it's just, mm-hmm. you know, when you get, as you get older, you, you kind of, you don't live it the same way as you used to. Right. But. And you know, now that I've kind of cracked the seal of that, you know, and start knowing that like Jocko Willink was super into punk music. Mm-hmm. Andrew Huberman was super into punk music. And like hearing that that was how they all started. It's like, Oh wow. <laughs> like it's, it's so cool to see that those, those things connected. Um, even like someone like Jack Johnson, super mellow right but he at one point had a super heavy punk band it is crazy because he's so like you know surfy at the beach like walking your dog on the beach music yeah but to know that he (laughs) had like like, he had a hardcore punk band at one point like you know long long time ago um it's really cool and to know like you said we've got professionals professional law enforcement officers or whatever else 
that were super into punk and ska and things like that. I think that's what really makes this whole little niche of a niche of a niche that much more fun. And, you know, I, I've had people reach out on the punk rock cops, Instagram page and on my page and going, I didn't know there were people out there like me, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you find this tribe and it's like, we are such a cool little group and I don't know. I have so much fun in it. I, a lot of times, and I think I said, I don't know if I said it when we were recording, but a lot of times the old school punk and the hardcore conversations, I got to tune out because I don't know anything, but I definitely go back like <laughs> in your guys, like straight edge episode, I'm going and I'm, I'm Googling all these different bands and I'm like, all right, let's play this. Let's play this. And you find stuff that you never would have listened to, or maybe you forgot you listened to it. Like some right. of the bands we mentioned yeah. today. Yeah, like a reminder um, where you're like, oh, my God, I forgot about that band. And I forgot who it was who brought it up like Slapstick. Who was that? Was that Dave who brought that it, up? It was, and I, I think that's it's either Dave or BC, I think, that brought it up. Oh, yeah. It was one of the it was one of them. And I was like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about them. They're so great. You know, and, and, and they were a band you listened to so much at one point and then forgot about right. and. Yeah, exactly. So it's like keeping each other honest, like <laughs> being like, oh, my don't gosh, forget like, your roots, I was listening man. to this band. Yeah, don't forget your roots, which, um, you know, there's a ton and they're spread out everywhere from coast to coast mm-hmm. because we're everywhere, guys. So if this is, <laughs> you know, the first episode you're listening to, know you're not alone, you know, right, right. And, and, uh, and there's other ones. We're we're out there. <laughs> <laughs> we're out there. Come find us, um, you know, and you're going to you're just going to find more and more and each ska kid or punk kid that be grew up to became a cop. Um, you know, they're still there and you'll, things will catch your eye and you'll be like, wait a second. What's, what's that under your, what, what are you wearing under your vest? Oh, is that a, is that a rancid shirt? Is that what you got? Or are you just happy to see? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's so cool. I, I remember when listening to your punk rock cops episode with BC and Dave and I was like, my mind was blown. I'm like, no way. This mm-hmm. is, I can't believe this. Um, right. When I first found Dave and he's making this punk rock merch yes. geared towards cops. I'm like, what is this? This is amazing. And then that brought me to BC and then the the rest is literally history. Um, right. Yeah. And I, I, I was so thankful for it. I mean, I, we have, you know, your podcast to thank for bringing us all together because I would have never known, would have never known. And Dave has um, stolen so much of my money from all the shirts. <laughs> from the unit to And back, he's, yeah. he's even, um, you know, kind of been super nice to me because i'd be like make this shirt can you do this shirt and he'd be like oh, okay and he would make it um because of, i'm like i want to see this with this band's you know mm-hmm. kind of and so when one of my favorite ones that he's made is the uh, minor threat mm-hmm, shirt mm-hmm, the one mm-hmm. uh with the where he replaces uh the bottle with the guy's head with the coffee cup yes it's a great yep, one mm-hmm yeah, Dave that one, is just then, so creative with all the he things is, he makes. But now he's, you know, yeah, so. yeah, he's got he's got no, no time for all of us. Yeah, no, right? just kidding, no. Dave. I know he's going to listen to just this. Just kidding. But, yeah, we still. But love no, I I love I just love everything about our community. So you know, guys, like reach out to us. We're here and we're going to be here. 
Mm-hmm. Keep making episodes, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, now that we've kind of put the wheels back on the track, we're going to keep putting these together one way or another. Like I said, I think I posted it in the Punk Rock Cops Instagram. Like, it wouldn't be Punk Rock if we didn't have lineup changes, if we didn't have hiatuses randomly. So um, that being said, we're, we're back. We're going to do it. Um, it won't, won't be me every week, but it'll definitely be Robin or, or somebody and talking Punk Rock, and we'll get um, – we're going to get the girl side of it. We're going to get, you know, we're going to go all the way to the other extreme. We're going to start talking emo and, and the, the modern kind of uh, punk rock side of things and everything in between. Um, so if you are listening and you want us to talk about something, a specific topic or a band or whatever, let us know. So that way we can start coming up with ideas for episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will, uh, we'll, we'll keep pushing them out because obviously there's a, there's a desire for it. Had someone reach out. They want to talk about uh, cops that were in bands and they want to hear tour stories. Yes. So I know. So and, we, you're in a- and we, yeah, we have some, uh, we have some, uh, we have some guys in our, gr- in our group that are, you know, have, a, have active bands and, mm-hmm. and are, you know, making music and they're, they're a cop. Um, we have some that, a skateboard <laughs> that are like really good like yeah we're gonna bring out the whole culture and and things like that so if you are listening and you want to contribute to it let us know as well so give us your ideas but also if you want to contribute anything to it uh let us know and we will find a way to get you on because the the more stories the better and eventually robin i'd really like to get the other side i'd like to get non-cops who are in bands who have played in bands on and we can like it like bridge that gap because we all know that like punk rockers and cops it's like oil and water they typically separate but we're showing that no 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 we actually commingle very very well and very naturally and i'd really like to get people who have either currently played in bands or are or used to be in bands and be like hey let's let's talk let's break some ice and, and see what we got and maybe we can blow that up into something even super super cool super rad yeah, super, super rad. But yeah, I'm down to like uh, we we need to talk music, talk shop a little bit as mm-hmm. well, um, and just have fun. Like this is something that you know I think a lot of people have kind of repressed some of their punk rock side um, when yeah. they became cops or got into law enforcement because, like you're saying, they just don't go together. But we we're here to show you that yeah, they, they do definitely go do. I it's can't possible. think of the last time. Over the last eight years of my law enforcement career, I sat for two hours and just talked ska. So this is amazing. This is right. a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's not said, every day you get to do that. <laughs> no, not at all. So that being said, we are going to skank off now. Um, do you have anything else you want to say before we end for the night? Just keep keep that PMA, guys. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard in this, this day and age, um, especially in policing. It's hard to keep that, that positive mental attitude with all the crap that we deal with and we see and, you know, you feel like the world's against you, but, you know, the music is is pure. It doesn't judge you and, you know, you and embrace it and listen to it and uh, same with with us like we're here we're here for you so anytime you guys want to talk just hit us up yep absolutely and we can talk whatever you want we can talk shop we can just talk music to get your mind off the shop and every literally everything in between uh i'm going to end today's episode with 
not well a ska song but it's almost like a de facto ska song so it's called this gigantic robot kills um it's by mc lars so it's a rap song but it features mc bat commander and the suburban legends and it's talking about life in the 90s the third wave of ska it's a lot of fun and when i found it it was like when i was like still holding on to my ska roots and uh so we're gonna end with that and then uh until next time uh y'all be safe and uh keep skanking see you guys Billy built a robot in his parents' garage Because he had a list of problems that he needed to solve He said, I'm sick of the hills, Laguna Beach is fake and whack Let's party like it's 96 and bring the horn section back Back before Gwen Stefani started rapping with Pharrell Gas cost 115 and Goldfinger could sell When reality TV wasn't scripted or contrived The brass was fat and bumping and the beats were all played live See, Billy was obsessed with third wave scum The mighty Boston's real big fish, less than Jake, he's seen them all He longed for a time when even Bill Clinton played the sax On the White House lawn and kids wore shades from checkered slacks So Billy sits back in the class and laughs With an open on his lap and he plans his task To make a giant robot, how's that? And bring the real Orange County back White shoes, black hat, said to attack The robot headed to the hills to give those spoiled kids a smack Chris kept Larry, got nine flat As Billy bumped the aquabats He ripped out Misha Barton's spine To crank safe Ferris and Sublime He burned down Heidi Montag's home And to blast the OC super tones He screamed while smashing Elsie's head Scott is not dead This gigantic robot kills He's gonna come down the block He's gonna fire at will He's blasting bullets from his elbows Shooting missiles from his eyes He's gonna win the day for Billy Take the OC You do the Macarena as you rock your Tamagotchi with your Newton down at Woodstock playing Sega Lottie Dottie. He brought the 90s back and then he freed Tibet. If you can't find this jam on Napster, then the warehouse sells cassettes. Gigantic. He was gigantic. this robot, gigantic. so very gigantic. Scott Robot. This gigantic robot kills. He's gonna come down the block, he's gonna fire at will. He's got a is not dead.